Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Sal kind of back on the fan as we welcome in Joe DeMeo right now. We had him on, uh, I think it was last season. Uh, was it last season, Joe, that we had John? It doesn't feel like that long ago, but that uh, feels like a while ago now, right? Yeah, it's been a while. I, I want to say it's around the trade deadline time because I remember you asking me if I would trade Francisco Alvarez in the deal for Juan Soto, and you were stunned that I said yes. Yeah, all right. And, you know, obviously, obviously the Mets weren't ever going to get uh, Soto at the time where, you know, the Nats yeah. weren't going to be looking to get him. And now we could talk about that moving forward with Otani, although the Mets kind of shot that down in the offseason saying they wouldn't be making a big deal. Anyway, he is Joe DeMeo, co host of the Mets pod for uh, SNY. TV and let's start with Alvarez Joe nobody knows the minor leagues for the Mets better than you do we know this is out of necessity not necessarily earned by Alvarez here how do you feel about this kind of third opportunity for him last year he kind of was thrown in the fire didn't work had an opportunity this spring to maybe steal the job a la Volpe with the Yankees he didn't what do you think here of Alvarez right now getting the call up I think it's a great opportunity for him and obviously with Narvaez out for an extended period of time. I think uh, I, I know I heard you guys talk about this on baseball night in New York as well. If you're calling up Francisco Alvarez, the guy's got to play nearly every day. And I think from a defensive standpoint, there has been growth. Uh, I still think he needs to learn some more. And that's, I think that's why they intended to have him in AAA for a decent percentage of the season. I don't think you know, like Brett Beatty's a guy I'm sure we'll get to, but he was someone I think had a quicker uh, chance to get to Queens. Alvarez, obviously, at the point where necessity causes it. And sometimes trial by fire is a good thing. And sometimes you put guys in a spot where, you know, maybe you're looking to check every single box on the player development card, just like, okay, this is right, this is right. Sometimes you call up a maybe not, fully complete product, but the positives are potentially so great um, in an offense that right now, and even dating back to last, last year, because I can tell you all the good things they did offensively. They were second in average, second mm-hmm. in on base, sixth in OPS, sixth in runs scored. They were 15th in home runs. And they did really nothing to address the power of this offseason. Francisco Alvarez, if there's one trait he's going to bring, he's going to bring power. Uh, he hits the ball. I mean, the batted ball data for him is comparable to Pete Alonzo. Like, this is a guy that knows how to barrel the ball. He can. He has power to all fields. Um, he still needs some work on a little bit of the pitch selection. You'll see his strikeout rate's going to be a little high. But 
you know, overall, I think it's an exciting move for the Mets. And like you guys said, they got to get him in the lineup. It, it sounds like he may not start tomorrow, which is a little bit of a bummer. But I think you're going to see a lot of Francisco Alvarez. And uh, if he's able to show growth defensively and continue um, his grow, growing offensively, um, he'll be here for good. How did you feel, Joe, about Alvarez? I know he had a disappointing spring, certainly offensively. Yeah. How did you feel about Alvarez and his defense? Because remember, that was the big question mark. Oh, his defense is not ready. Defense is not ready. He's going to have to be a solid de- He's got a, a rocket for an arm. He's going to have to be a solid defensive catcher here with the staff if he's going to stick in the big leagues. How do you feel about the development of his defense and where we're at with that right now? Come a long way. I mean, this is a guy that he is, like, we forget that he is 21 years old. And if you go and you look back, the amount of catchers that make the major leagues at 21 years old, it's a very, very short list. Um, so he's made a lot of growth in a quick period of time. Still think he needs some work on balls in the dirt. You saw a little bit, a little bit of that in spring training. Um, but overall receiving, from what I've heard from down in AAA, pitchers like throwing to him. Um, he has a good relationship with the pitchers. He, he's good with game planning. He's really focused on improving his English which I think just helps just overall from a communication standpoint. And like you said, the rocket arm is really what is his best defensive trait. Never going to win gold glove back there. He's never going to be Yadier Molina. He's never going to be one of those guys. But I don't think, you know, we're looking at, to keep a New York perspective, I don't think we're looking at a Gary Sanchez that is just incompetent behind the plate. He just needs a little work. And that work now is unfortunately going to be under the brighter lights. But, you know, sometimes that, Sometimes that gets the guy going. So I, I feel confident that he's going to be fine defensively. He's really going to be, but he's going to be an offensive first catcher going forward. Yeah, and obviously that's what they need uh, right now, uh, to your point. Last one on Alvarez here before we move on to the rest of the Mets and some of the other prospects. We're talking with Joe DeMeo at PSL to Flushing on Twitter. He is co-host of the Mets pod on SNY TV. Do you think... Alvarez will see the minor leagues again. Because I was saying this, Joe, there's a chance here. If he takes advantage of this opportunity and becomes what the player that we expect, the hype and all that stuff, he becomes that player, he may never see the minors again. Do you think that this could be the sticking point for Alvarez? I think this could be it. I think he has every opportunity to make this it. Because with with Narvaez being out so long, I think, he really has that chance. If Narvaez was going on the 15-day IL and they were like, he might, he'll miss just two weeks and be back, they might have added Michael Perez to the 40-man roster and called him up and just had him back up Nito for a couple weeks. But given we're looking at a lengthy opportunity here, I think there's a very good chance Alvarez takes this job and runs with it. And two months from now, eight, ten weeks from now, you figure out what the roster situation is if uh, – you have to carry three catchers. You have to carry three catchers, right? So um, I think it, it definitely adds a layer to what the roster will be down the road. But I don't think the Mets would plan to call up Alvarez. And if he performs, send him back down just because he has minor league options and they don't want to carry three catchers. Right. If he's that's um, We're on the same page here. If he's hitting and doing what he's supposed to do, they're not sending him down. That's it. He may be here. Yep. For good, so that's what I was kind of saying to start the show. This could be a huge. This is a big series for the Mets this year. I mean, you want to get things off to a good start here, right? The ship, but also because it could be the beginning 
of Francisco Alvarez. How about Brett Beatty? And we know he's dealing with the issue with his thumb day-to-day. Fortunately, it wasn't uh, that bad, although it was the same thumb that he had surgery on last year. Are you concerned about the thumb? And then when do you think we could expect to see Beatty up with the big club? I was concerned. Um, like you said, that was uh, he tore the UCL on his thumb, which um, I didn't really exactly know. There's a UCL in your thumb and your elbow, but uh, he tore the UCL on his thumb last year, had surgery on it, and uh, it, it looked at the moment almost like he got jammed or something, and it was cold, and he was just shaking it out, but then we start holding it, comes out of the game, so I was concerned. Sounds like he's good, There's just a little inflammation, and uh, he might actually be back in the lineup on Friday for Syracuse. So it seems like it's that short term of a of a deal. And then well, when, yeah. when do you think we could? I mean, are you going to give Escobar a long leash here? How would you handle the Beatty situation? Sal, I I wrote it on SNY.TV when I did my prospect list. I talked about it on the Mets pod, tweeted about it. Brett Beatty should have been the opening day third baseman. Mm-hmm. I thought it was an error by the Mets. Uh, just. I don't, I don't believe in just necessarily heeding to a veteran just because he is a veteran. Uh, Escobar struggled in the World Baseball Classic, came back, struggled in spring training. He struggled for almost all of last year, if we're being honest. He just turned it on at the end of the year. And Beatty did exactly what he needed to do when, when Escobar was away, performed offensively, showed flashes defensively that we hadn't seen prior. Um, it's a high work ethic thing. I would not have a long leash with Escobar. And the Mets don't seem to be either. I mean, Guillaume has played, I believe, the last two games against right-handers. So Escobar's already kind of getting put into that platoon situation anyway. For me, you know, I would maybe, if you want to give Beatty a couple more weeks or whatever, that's fine. But I think Beatty should have been in the open NBA roster. And in my opinion, he should be here soon. And if you want to give him some days off against tough lefties and, Escobar has historically hit left-handed pitching. That's okay with me. But I think Beatty and Alvarez should hopefully be up with the team both, I'd say, hopefully by the end of this month. Like, I I wouldn't have a leash because I think Beatty is ready offensively and he's wasting his time down in Syracuse. How about a couple others, Joe? We're talking with Joe DeMeo, Mets pod, co-host of Mets pod for SNY TV. Um, how about Mauricio? Uh, you look at what he could do. How about Vientos? Do you expect and uh, Vientos? I think homered yesterday too. I thought for sure with the DFA of Darren Roth that Vientos would be on the roster, but he's not. How do you see the future of both those two guys playing out? Mauricio is probably the guy that I had been the lowest on amongst the prospect community. I guess you'd call us. Uh, I, I just the plate discipline is a, is a, is a bit of a problem for me and it really hasn't made significant strides. Um, but upon further review and talking to more people that watch him play on a day-to-day basis and watching myself on MILB TV, you're seeing his pitch selection to get a little better. He's never going to draw walks. It's just not his thing, but you know who else never drew walks? Javi Baez. And I think, Roddy Mauricio could have an offensive profile similar to that of Baez. Uh, he's really filled into his frame. The power is legitimate. Uh, he turned 22 on Tuesday, and since Tuesday, he's hit three home runs and a triple. Hmm. Uh, so he's he won the Dominican Winter League MVP. This is a guy that 
at one point was a top 50 prospect in baseball. And then his stock kind of has plummeted a bit and he's really not on top 100 list anymore. But I think, I think the arrow is pointing up on Ronnie Mauricio. And for me, I would love to put him in the outfield. Uh, I think he has some athleticism, so I think he could handle left field. Um, he supposedly is more comfortable in the infield, so I think it's going to be interesting to see how they handle his defensive positioning going forward. And Mark Vientos is, kind, like you said, with Darren Ruff, like he's a first baseman DH. It's what he is. Right, but uh, are these he, guys, like Mauricio, do you expect to see him with the big club at all this year? Uh, maybe, maybe late in the year, but uh, I, I wouldn't be – I wouldn't think too soon because he's still playing shortstop. So if he's going to play a different position, um, he needs to start playing it. Yeah, I know? mean, they're moving yeah. him to the outfield eventually. It's just a matter of time. And there's no, it just yeah. makes too much sense. So forget Mauricio then as far as the major league team goes. And then yeah. Vientos. Like if Vientos right now, Joe, is not with this club, what, what's his value? I mean, what, where's he? If he can't make the roster now, what, is he going to be on the roster at all? Or are they going to just use him as a trade chip? What's the issue with him, I guess? So for me, I think I, I, it, it, it's very weird. I was talking last year for a month to call up Mark Vientos to give a look at him as the right-handed designated hitter so that way you don't have to make a trade at the deadline or at least, or at least give yourself a look at somebody and decide if you need to. They didn't give him a look. They traded for Darren Ruff. That worked out horribly. Um, but Vientos, for me, I think fits that first-base DH role he really crushes left-handed pitching. Uh, swing and miss is a bit much, but to me, I think I think he's pretty much big league ready offensively. I think the way they have it now is they gave Tommy Pham the six million dollars with the idea of him being the backup outfielder, and then when Darren Ruff uh, obviously continued to, to flounder, they kind of bounced him out. Pham was going to take a bit of the uh, right-handed DH role, so they didn't want to focus on him as the only outfielder. Now we've seen Tim LaCastro on the team just get hit by pitches and run the bases. So I think Vientos has a spot. Just It's going to be interesting to see, and I, I do wonder how the Mets feel about him because of how he was handled last year. And even when they called him up, they barely used him, and he, had, and he didn't make the team despite a, a pretty decent spring. And I, I do wonder what their long-term thoughts are on Vientos. Yeah, I mean, he's got to be here now if he can contribute offensively, even as a right-handed DH. So it makes me wonder, you know, once Ruff went down, I get that LaCastro's got some different value to a ball club. But my goodness, I mean, they need offense. If He's he's either going to be major league ready or he's not. Like, let's make a decision on Vientos. We're talking with Joe DeMeo, co-host of the Mets pod for SNY TV. Uh, at PSL to Flushing uh, is the Twitter handle. Great with the prospects and obviously knows the Mets inside and out. How about the current Mets now, Joe? Forget about the you know the prospects and when they're getting called up here. Not a great start, obviously, getting swept in Milwaukee. They didn't get swept at all last year until September. How are you feeling overall about this team? Where is your biggest area of concern? So I am largely a pretty patient guy, so I'm not freaking out per se. Milwaukee hit like the 27 Yankees against them and like just everyone was hitting home runs and the offense didn't show up for a couple games. I think the offense is going to be okay. Um, like the stats I dropped kind of at the beginning of this, like it's the same offense of last year that was largely productive. And then once Starling Marte went down, you saw the offense really kind of fall apart. So their depth 
is a bit of an issue. Uh, but I think the offense will be okay. My concerns on the pitching side, uh, they already have nine pitchers on the injured list, uh, including obviously Justin Verlander and Jose Quintana and then Edwin Diaz and, and some relievers. And until they claimed Edwin Yuseta off waivers today, they didn't have a healthy reliever on their 40-man roster that wasn't on the big league team already. Hmm. And they had built significant bullpen depth. It was one of the things, over the last two months on the Mets pod, I've been kind of hyping up the bullpen depth. They just all gotten hurt. And then when you look at the performance, Carlos Carrasco was of most concern to me. Um, the stuff was just not there. It, it, he couldn't handle the pitch clock. His velocity was down a pretty significant level. I, I was surprised that they came out of that game and said he was okay. So, I mean, this is a guy that averaged 92 to 94 on his fastball last year, and he was 88-89. A very big drop. So I was surprised he was deemed okay. So I'm interested to see his next start. And who knows why it was a drop, but we'll see if that velocity is back in his next start. And they need Max Scherzer to pitch like mm. an ace. Um, well, that's the thing. Good. I mean, do you, yeah. do you think Scherzer is ever going to get back to – I mean, look, the, the talk last year was, of course, that he got hurt. He, he wasn't healthy in the Atlanta starters against San Diego. But now we're seeing him, uh, you know, get tattooed against Milwaukee in the second start of the year. This after giving up a game-tying two-run homer to Cooper uh, before leaving the game in his first start of the year. Dude, if he's not pitching like an ace, they're toast. And do you think he's going to be able to get back to that? I do. I do think so. Uh, his – stuff is on par with through these two starts his stuff is still on par with what it was last year where he pitched like an ace up until the real end when I was at City Field and watching give up a touchdown to the Padres uh, but I think the stuff was there the velocity was there the stuff breaks he is not locating so far through these first two starts it's mi- especially Milwaukee it's middle middle it's belt high kind of playing these balls on a tee for these guys. Um, Miami, he was great for five innings. The first five innings, he looked like ace Max Scherzer. So I'm not worried yet, but I certainly understand people being so. And if this trend continues for a few more starts, I, I think my my uh, my tone can change. But for now, I still think Max Scherzer is going to be fine. Last one for you, Joe. Um, the, the pitching, because of the way that they've invested – in Scherzer and Verlander, and I get why they did it, and I back those decisions. I mean, I would have liked the team to be a little more balanced offensively, but still, I mean, I love building with the pitching with Scherzer and Verlander, but it makes me think, you know, Verlander, of course, starts the year on the IL, and Scherzer not pitching uh, to to his dominant uh, standards. Who's next? Like, when you look ahead at this team, and I know they're trying to rebuild the whole thing and have sustained success throughout the minor leagues. You know the minor league system as well as anybody. Do they have those young arms? We know about Beatty and Alvarez in the in a lineup potentially. Are there any young arms on the horizon that we could be looking at, whether it be you know next year, two years? What are the Mets going to do to fill their rotation in the event that Scherzer and Verlander aren't what they're supposed to be for the next two years? Well, I would say imminently, not really. I mean, Jose Buto is a guy that could fill in Right now, he could be like a potential back-end guy, maybe long reliever. Like That's kind of how I project him going forward. Uh, but there are some interesting arms in the system that you're probably not going to see this year. Uh, but when you, when you look ahead to 2024, I think guys like Dom Hamill 
and Mike Vassell in AA. Dom Hamill was their third rounder in the 2021 draft, I believe, and Mike Vassell was their eighth rounder. And he's, he's one I'm actually uh, maybe a little higher on than a lot of people are. He was, when he was coming out of high school, he was a top 25 prospect in the country uh, for that draft class, but he pulled himself out of the draft, uh, decided to commit to the University of Virginia, and they kind of changed him into a sinker-slider guy instead of a four-seam slider-curveball guy, and the Mets shifted him back to that, and he's been up to 98. Uh, the stuff looks really good. He, sh- he should be starting this weekend. Uh, I'm sorry, at the beginning of next week for Binghamton, and Hamill as well is in the Binghamton rotation. And then the, the top pitching prospect in the system right now is Blade Tidwell, hmm. which, sick name. Um, <laughs> second rounder out of the University of Tennessee. They drafted him in, in this past draft. He was their second rounder. Um, this time last year, because I do the draft as well for SNY, and this time last year when I was studying up on guys and watching college baseball for to prepare for the Mets picks, I thought he was the guy that probably would have gotten picked at 11 or 14, where the Mets had their two first rounders. Um, he had some shoulder tendonitis, missed a couple months, and that kind of damaged his stock. The Mets grabbed him in the second round, and he looked fantastic in spring training, up to 98 miles an hour with a wipeout slider. So for me, he those are three names I think to keep an eye on that may not be a this year thing, but Starting next year, those guys can uh, really become on the radar. Yeah, because it is a problem when you look at what's next for this rotation, which, again, leads to why they spend so much money on getting those two guys atop their rotation while they try to restock the farm, reload, build, and and do this thing the right way from the ground floors up. Something we don't focus on necessarily uh, on a daily basis because we're worried about the major league team. But, you know, Cohen took over. Things are changing in the minor league system as well, and that's going to take years to see how it plays out. You, you think, Joe, the uh, the NL East is over? The NL East is not over. Um, <laughs> but I think uh, I think it's, it's good for you to, to go, on, go on this side of the, the thing after after everything transpired last year. No, don't you be blaming me either, Joe. I don't want to hear any blame. That is not my fault. Blame your team that you grew up rooting for. Not my fault. You, of all people, too. You know, you and I would go back and forth because, oh, you're so negative. You're so negative. Then I get behind them. I'm the one who's saying the division's over, and now I can't. They're people blaming me for being too positive. <laughs> it, it was not your fault, Sal. It Thank was you. not your fault. The Mets, uh, the Mets just crumbled there at the end. But the NL East is not over. Still think the Mets are a really good team. Um, a lot of things, I think, to look forward to. Seven games have occurred. There's 155 games left. <laughs> Five months of baseball, so Mets fans, I certainly understand the frustration. I understand wanting to get off to a hot start. Look at it this way. Remember how they had that hot start the year with Mickey Calloway? They've had some hot starts before and then floundered. So maybe maybe it's just going to go the other way. They start off a little slow with the new rules. So many guys in the WBC. I feel good about the Mets, um, but they certainly need to – Stop having people get hurt. I think that would be a good start. Yeah, sometimes just the the luck, the bad luck is is too much to overcome. Hopefully that's not the case. All right, Joe, we appreciate you a few minutes, man. Thanks. We'll talk to you soon. You got it, Sal. Appreciate it. Joe DeMeo, co-host of the Mets Pod for SNY TV. You can catch out some columns as well, SNY.TV, and follow him on Twitter, at PSL2Flushing. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. 
Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.